Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like my Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. If you were to look at the scale of athletes saying things you're not supposed to say, Johnny Manziel would not be very high up on that scale, but that doesn't matter. People are upset. They're angry. We will discuss the faux pas. Heard round the NFL world. Welcome in the beginning of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, so the... The story of the offseason is about transactions, right? The draft's coming up. We're three weeks away from the NFL draft. Uh, And one of the secondary stories is what the hell's going on with Johnny Manziel? There's been this grassroots campaign to get Johnny football into the NFL again, and it seemed like it was gaining some steam. It seemed like that was the case. We have a setback. We now have a setback in this campaign. Now, did Johnny Mansell get arrested? I have not seen his name in the police blotter. I don't believe he's been arrested. Uh, did he? Did he get hurt? Did Johnny Mansell get hurt? Uh, no. Did he fall off the wagon? Did he go on a bender with coke and pizza and a model from France in a bedroom? No, that didn't happen either. There was no model from France cutting up white powder in a bed with a delicious pepperoni pizza. Uh, That did not happen on any kind of Instagram video. Instead, Johnny Manziel is getting chatted about because of his mouth. His mouth. And it happened on Fox Sports Radio on the Dan Patrick Show. Johnny Manziel revealing, revealing something that had not been said before by Manziel about the Cleveland Browns. Listen. If Cleveland did any of their homework, they would have known that I, I was a guy that didn't come in every day and, and watch film. I was a guy that didn't really know the X's and O's of football. I played in a spread offense. You see that? The Browns, if they had done their work, if they had done their due diligence, 
The Cleveland Browns, the woe-be-gone Cleveland Browns, they would have known he's too lazy to play in the NFL. That's, that's on them. That's on them. Now, once that quote started getting tossed around and retweeted and sent all over the place, uh, we were off to the races. Uh, Johnny Manziel, now he attempted to defend himself and to spin the story, but the toothpaste was out of the tube by that point. At first, he actually doubled down. At first, he again blamed the Browns for putting him in a toxic quarterback room. But then he quickly realized in the same thought, eh, I've got nobody to blame but myself. So that's that's fine. That opens up the door to play one of my favorite games, the blame game. We're going to play the blame game. All right, so here we go. Let's play the blame game. Now, you know the rules of the blame game. You understand the rules of the blame game. It's very simple here. Uh, we assign... Blame is what we do. It's great. Yeah. Come on down. Let's play the blame game. The showcase showdown. All right. The question, what percentage of blame, what percentage of blame for Johnny Manziel's failure in Cleveland is on the Browns, right? Is on the Browns. Now, uh, I'm going to go first. Uh, I'm going to say that. 2% is on the Browns, 98%, 98% is on Johnny Football, it's on him. All right, now, uh, my observations: you've got adult daycare center, personal responsibility, and cheese curds. You've got those things, right, those things in play. Now, we'll begin with the fact that Johnny Manziel – uh, I was on board. I was on the Johnny Manziel train a couple of years ago. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to have revisionist history here. And I still am. He was a boom or bust player. I predicted boom. He went bust. He went kaboom is what happened, unfortunately. And clearly the the demons were out in the open. But there have been players. There have been players that have been able to live a life of excess and still perform. Manziel wasn't that. You know, it's not like the monsters were hiding in the shadows. The monsters were out in the open. Johnny Manziel was unable to play professional football as a functioning addict. He couldn't do it. He couldn't get it done. The Browns, the, the reason I go 2% on the Browns, I'm not going zero. I'm not going zero, but I'm going to go 2%. And the reason why I picked the number 2% in my version of the blame game I'll tell you, is because they could have followed the teachings of Jerry Jones. Dallas drafted Des Bryant, who was not the party boy that Johnny Manziel was, but there were some issues that had popped up in Des Bryant's past, some red flags, as they like to say, because they're politically correct. What did the Cowboys do? They created a 24-7 package of human beings essentially adult babysitters to chaperone Des Bryant. 24 hours at a game of curfew. Keep your nose clean. Guess what? It worked. Now, it's not working right now, but it's more about production. It's not because Des Bryant's getting into all kinds of trouble and all that. Now, would that have succeeded with Johnny Menzel? We'll never know the answer to that. Uh, it turned out that he went the the wrong way instead of the right way. Uh, now, despite that, it is unrealistic. I'll use the word unrealistic to expect an employer to do this. All right Now, I, I know the management here, like Jason Smith gets around-the-clock babysitting. Uh, I understand that. He's one of the hosts here at Fox Sports Radio. There's babysitters that follow him around all the time. But other than that, like me, I don't have, adult, I don't have babysitters that follow me around. I do not. Right? The, the goal is not to run an adult daycare center. The, the goal is to field a competitive football team. Of course, they've failed at that for, for many, many years. Right? We knew the Browns were stupid. We know they're bad at football, but Johnny Manziel sounds ignorant with his, his comments, the audio that we played here. Now, the, in addition here, Cleveland, which continues to be the Bermuda Triangle of the NFL, you can enter – but nobody knows what happens to you once you enter. You can't leave. You just something bizarre takes place, like the water rises up and sucks you under the ocean or something. And there's no even ocean. There's no ocean. There's a lake. It's very odd how that works. 
Uh, but it is a trail of tears from the Browns facility. Now, that said, that was an opportunity of a lifetime. Right? Training, on-the-job training, he didn't take advantage of it. And you got to own that. you got to own that if you're Johnny Manziel. And he's attempting some damage control. He's attempting to just try to own that uh, bit by bit here. But keep going back to two words, personal responsibility. Personal responsibility and how important that is. And ultimately, while I give 2% of the blame to the Browns, it's 98%, which you can round up to 100. It's no one else's fault, ultimately, than Johnny Football. Now, the last observation, Manziel, despite this, I I keep seeing stories, well, this is going to end it. There's no chance now that he comes back and plays in the NFL. Uh, I don't agree with that sentiment. This doesn't close the door to Manziel getting a training camp invite, but it does make it a little more awkward, a little more awkward. The door hasn't completely closed, and it's something that will happen after the NFL draft. Teams that don't get extra quarterbacks will say, well, we need to bring somebody in. We need to have a crash test dummy in training camp. I don't know. Who are you going to call? I know who I'm going to call. Johnny Football. We'll call him up. Now, do I think that Manziel is going to play in the NFL during the regular season? Probably not. Probably not. But all Manziel has to do is hoodwink one NFL team and get an opportunity. Now, ultimately, I believe the end game for Manziel, at least the short-term end game, is to go to the land of maple syrup and poutine. That's where he's going to go to Canada, and he's going to load up on uh, on poutine. He's going to eat those French fries and cheese curds, you know, <laughs> top with the, that nice brown gravy, and that will be what he does. And then in the breakfast, he'll have the pancakes with the maple syrup. I would say he would drink Molson, but you can't do that. I mean, that's against his – he's on the wagon, so you can't have even – what's the alcohol content in Molson? Could he have one? It would be like orange juice or something like that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that works. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Someone that gets talked about a lot on our show is getting paid. Charlie Blackman of your Colorado Rockies, who's been a sensation around the Rocky Nation. Been good, locked and loaded with a long-term contract in Denver. And if you miss this because you're not a Rockies fan, you don't really care, uh, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. He signs a $108 million contract. Over six years, uh, the extension, it's got player options in it and all the bells and whistles that you would want. So I want to talk about this for a couple minutes. Now, the question here, is this a better contract for the Rockies because they're keeping a guy that's won a batting title and been an all-star, or is it a better contract for Charlie Blackman? So it's a toss-up question. Now, I'm going to go first. This is clearly, it's not even close, advantage Charlie Blackman. And it's not because of the $108 million. My perspective on this, you've got utopia, stigma, and father time. And you know the drill. We'll link all this stuff together. Now, hey, Charlie Black, he has been close to perfection when playing at Coors Field. He has been Hall of Fame-like in the Mile High City. The, the deep dimensions, the altitude have created utopia for Charlie Black. And other players have done well, but Blackman's like the, the the gold standard of this era of Rocky baseball when you talk about the home road splits. When he is playing in Denver, it is like he's got the cheat code on a video game. He has parlayed that dominance in Denver. Blackman has an NL batting title, Silver Slugger Award. He's been in multiple All-Star games by being good half the time. I, I think about your job, whatever you do. Like, could you be good you know, every other day and be a success? Well, that's essentially what Charlie Blackman's done. He's he's not very good at professional baseball when he goes on the road. His numbers last season, just last season, were comparable to names like Stan Musial, Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, legends of the game. And Charlie Blackman last year matched up to those players. Now, part B of this, nobody in their right mind was going to give Charlie Blackman a similar contract 
in free agency than the Rockies just gave him at $108 million. Now, there are an assortment of reasons why that is. And you don't have to be Ken Rosenthal behind a paywall at a website to know what's going on, right? You don't have to the, – the, the reasons are kind of obvious here. May, we just laid him out. Mainly what we just talked about, his offensive success, Charlie Blackman, is a direct correlation to cartoon hitting at home. And how pronounced is it? It's so pronounced. Blackman's a 346 hitter at Coors Field with a 566 career slugging percentage. And then he goes on the road and it's kryptonite. Regular altitude, regular ballpark. He's a 265 hitter, 265 career hitter away from Coors Field. Pedestrian on base percentage, a 430 slugging percentage. In other words, the stigma is real. It's not imagined. It is absolutely real. Charlie Blackman's success has not been duplicated on the road. And therefore, when you enter the free agent market, if you're the Yankees, the the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the big money teams in baseball, are you going to pay that man a ton of money? Of course you're not. Unless you're high and drunk and all. I mean, other than that, there's no way you're going to pay that guy. Now, the parting shot on this, the Rockies are violating one of the golden rules of baseball by giving Charlie Blackman $108 million. And that rule is you do not pay big money to ball players that are heading past their prime. And that's what the Rockies are doing. Blackman's going to get $21 million a year starting in 2019 over the next handful of years, and then he's got player options after that. And I know there's a lot of fine print, and we don't see all of the fine print and all the conditions of the contract. There are bonuses and escalators and all that. Very similar to my contract here at Fox Sports Radio, but I get extra Taco Bell gift cards is what I get. So $108 million, $108 million, he's going to turn 32, which is a big bugaboo. He's going to turn 32 later this year. So you now have a massive safety blanket in the declining years of your career. Father time is not going to be pretty. Charlie Blackman's not going to defy the history of athletic competition. He might push it back for a year. He might push it back for two years, but the chances of Charlie Blackman being an effective baseball player at the end of this contract, uh, forget about it. This story of Blackman getting the contract with the Rockies is a right place at the right time story. If he had been drafted by, I don't know, the Kansas City Royals or the Milwaukee Brewers, would he be getting a $108 million contract? No. No, 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 no. Now, my favorite part of this story and I've saved it to the very end. Because when I eat pizza, and I'm sure there's pizza on the way. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm sure there's a delicious pizza pie on the way with breadsticks and all that. It's going to be great. Uh, but when I eat pizza, I save the crust. I've done this since I was nine years old. I save the crust to the end. Because to me, that's the best part of the pizza. And that's one of the reasons I like the bubbles. I enjoy the bubbles. Because the bubbles is like an added bonus. So what I'm trying to say here is I've saved for you my favorite part. So Charlie Blackman gets the contract. It's announced. The Colorado Rockies are on the road. Fine, no problem, right? Teams go on the road all the time. Uh, Rockies were on the road. And I assume they're going to have some big gala news conference and all that and celebrate Charlie Blackman when they get back to Denver. So in San Diego, someone from the Rockies media department pulls Charlie Blackman aside underneath the ballpark at Petco in San Diego in a batting cage and this very awkward video pops up of Charlie Blackman listen he's just gotten a hundred million dollar contract listen to this hey Rockies fans I'm Charlie stuck with me for the next six years whether you like it or not uh but I know I'm gonna like it because I'm pretty excited about being in Denver getting to play baseball um being around the community that I've come to enjoy um I'm very thankful to have this opportunity. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Why didn't they just go into the toilet? I mean, why didn't they go? It sounded like they were in the toilet. You had the high ceiling. He sounded really happy. You could tell by the sound of his voice. Couldn't you feel the excitement, the enthusiasm in Charlie Blackman's voice? <laughs> it was just, 
it's like somebody off camera holding a machete or something like that. What was, what was going on here? How was that? Yeah. All right. Well, good luck to uh, to Charlie Blackman. That's uh, outstanding. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right. Let's uh, let's do it. Here. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. Now a man abstaining from the pizza because the bread rised up, so he's not doing it right. He's, he's a good Jewish boy, and I'm a bad Jewish boy. Uh, that would be the mayor, Mike. Man. What's going on? Man? What are we at? All right, uh, let's start kick it off here. Uh, Paul George is in an epically bad shooting slump right now. Since the All-Star break, Big Ben, yeah. George has been shooting 37.8% from the field and 28.6% from three-point range. Garbage! Yeah, garbage. Uh, apparently, George thinks something is wrong with the mechanics of his shot. Yeah. Ben, do you think George is overthinking this? Well, listen, Paul George's place in the NBA pecking order has been downgraded because of this season. Now, Oklahoma City is a playoff team and all that, but he was thought of here, and right now Paul George is down here, right? A, George arrived with you know, a high price from around. They knew he wasn't going to stay in Oklahoma City, but the Thunder had these champagne dreams and, and, and amazing thoughts about how great Paul George was going to be, and instead – They've been given the gift of a mediocre player. Uh, his downward spiral has continued the second half of the season. He struggled to adapt to playing with Russell Westbrook. He's got problems even dribbling at this point. And B, Paul George is clearly overthinking things. Now, I don't know whether it's because of you know, some kind of collusion with the Lakers and Magic Johnson. The oddest part of this plunge is – you know, he's he's dropped so far. Down. He's still going to get paid. It doesn't matter. He's still going to get paid. He's been terrible, and Paul George is still going to get a massive contract, whether it's the Lakers or somebody else. Uh, but as far as overthinking it, that's part of it, but it's more than that. All right, next. All right, Ben. In an interview on Tuesday, Magic head coach Frank Vogel told the media that he was surprised that he did not get the New York Knicks job before the start of last season. He felt it went well and the job was his, but the Knicks then met with uh, now head coach Jeff Hornacek, and he, quote, must have blown them away. Yeah. Ben, do you think Vogel would have done a better job than Hornacek is currently doing with the Knicks? Well, the, the answer, it's complicated, but the general answer is yes. I mean, absolutely. First of all, now would the Knicks – be a playoff team if Frank Vogel was the coach? No. Coaches are essentially window dressing in the NBA. It's all about the star players, and the Knicks are devoid of having great basketball talent in Gotham. But Frank Vogel, you know, even though he can't shoot, he can't dunk and all that, so he wouldn't help the encore product, but he would help in other ways. Because with that said, the second part is Frank Vogel would have been a better hire from the standpoint, he's a grinder. Frank Vogel's a Jersey guy. He's a Northeastern guy. He wasn't a star player. Uh, and, and he's had to push and shove and scratch and claw for everything he's got in the NBA, working his way up. Jeff Hornacek's a nice Midwestern guy. He was a star NBA player. It's a different mindset. Vogel would have been a better fit for the Knickerbocker fan, but they'd still be mediocre. Next! All right, a strange story on this one. Uh, Saints quarterback Drew Brees is suing a jeweler for $9 million in damages. Brees claims he has spent roughly $15 million at this particular store over the years and was assured that the jewelry would be a good investment. However, a recent appraisal shows that his purchases have actually depreciated in value. Ben, personally, I think this story makes Brees look pretty bad. Do you agree? Well, 100%. Drew Brees is at best gullible. And unsuspecting. That's the best thing you can say about Drew Brees. At worst, he's a total hayseed and a rube, right? Now, I'm not that bright a guy myself, but I know if you look at the scale of investments, jewelry is at the very bottom of that, right? I mean, there are scumbags and con men in real estate and in the stock market, but jewelry, the jewelry business is a, essentially a Ponzi scheme. Right, you cannot win the markup. You can't win the way they mark up the diamonds and all that. He's a dope. He deserves what happened to him. Bad job by him. There we go. How did we do? It's the third you degree. You passed. I won the game. I won the game. I won it. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. 
When perusing the NFL gossip mill, uh, an old name popped up, and it was, wow, look at that. I remember that guy. I thought he was dead. Uh, No, he's going to be trying to win a quarterback job in the NFL. Robert Griffin III, RG3. Now, if you just turned on the radio, maybe you've been out of the loop here, and this is your first sample of sports for the last day or so. You missed it. So I can't assume that you know this, but RG3 is technically back in the NFL. Big news, big news. Robert Griffin III has agreed to a one-year contract with, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, right? Uh, now, we I believe we have audio on this. Of uh, th- This is great. John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, the Ravens coach, who later today is going to sit in a boardroom at the Ravens facility with Ozzie Newsom and answer questions about Colin Kaepernick, which ought to be just great. So that was that's going to happen today. Now, yesterday, John Harbaugh at he was he was there to talk about something else in Baltimore, but RG 3s name came up, and listen to the Ravens coach celebrate. The signing of Robert Griffin III, who was out of the NFL last year. Listen to this. Felt like we needed a, a number two quarterback. It's RG3. You know, a, a guy, and you look at the veteran quarterbacks out there. I mean, where we're at right now, I'm pretty excited about this, this player. I'm really feeling like we, you know, got a steal. <laughs> Can we play that again? Play it again! Play it again! Play it again! Felt like we needed a, a number two quarterback. This is RG3! You know, a, a guy, and you look at the veteran quarterbacks out there. I mean, where we're at right now, I'm pretty excited about this this player. I'm really feeling like we, you know, got a steal. <laughs> I love my job. I love my job on nights like this. All right, so listen, it's uh, kind of obvious here. Let's discuss the question. Do you agree with John Harbaugh that the Ravens, he just heard what the Ravens coach said, he's both excited about RG3 and the Ravens, three words that will live in infamy, got a steal. Well, listen, the answer is obviously not. My viewpoint, you've got hyperbole, flash in the pan, thin-skinned as well. So we'll bind these together. Now, first of all, this is classic coach speak. John Harbaugh, during that soundbite, now I don't know if you're as nuanced as I am, but I could hear Harbaugh's nose growing. I could hear it in the audio bite, like the great Pinocchio. You talk about excessive hyperbole. Jim Harbaugh must think that the Raven fan is blind, deaf, and dumb. All three, the trifecta. Like RG3's career has been, the word is, non-existent. He spent all of last season on a beach. He was fired by the sorrowful Cleveland Browns. For 15 games, Robert Griffin III was a legitimate NFL quarterback. 15 games. He was good. It's a long time ago. Long time ago, 2012. We were barely alive in 2012. Robert Griffin III, that particular year, had 20 touchdowns and five interceptions. That's great. It was wonderful. 20 touchdowns and five interceptions for RG3 with the Redskins. In the 25 games since then, since uh, he was the Redskins' chosen one, he's got a 6-19 and record. 22 touchdowns and 21 interceptions. That's the guy the Ravens coach is excited about? That's a steal? That's a steal? you got to be kidding me. Right? Come on. Now, the term, and we all know the term as, as sports fans. We know what the term is. The term is flash in the pan. The flash in the pan. That's what RG3 is. And secondly, looking at on the bright side here, Right, Because I'm a positive guy. I'm not just a negative talk show host. I'm a positive guy as well. Looking at the bright side, Robert Griffin III, what he is going to do here for the next couple of months is provide content. He'll provide content for the show. He will also boost the confidence of Joe Flacco. 
right? Because Joe Flacco's like, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder because it doesn't matter. RG3 sucks more than Joe Flacco. You found like one of a handful of guys that's even worse than the Ravens' starting quarterback. And, and the thing I enjoy the most about Robert Griffin III is not that he's egotistical. All these guys are egotistical. To be a great professional athlete, you've got to be the biggest fan of yourself, right? But he is so thin-skinned and often irresponsible. It makes for a wonderful medley of talk radio goodness. And despite being humbled on the field, my man Robert Griffin III, he has not been humbled off it. And I think the term for this is aloof. I believe that's the proper term, aloof. I think that's right. RG3 is, he's got he's got some passive-aggressive tendencies. He hasn't figured out that he's not good anymore, which helps uh, helps the process or process. Now, I am going to set the over-under at one and a half Maller monologues that we will get out of RG3 being a Ravens quarterback in the offseason. So I'm going to go over-under one, one and a half. I'm going to take the over. I'm not counting this one. I should count this one, but I'm not counting this one. I'm going to take two. Yeah. Well, that's, well, actually, I guess two would be right. Over one and a half would be two. That would absolutely be two. So I'll take the over right now. If Not oh, three. No, not definitely not three, LeBron. Shouldn't you be worried about suing Nick Saban, LeBron? I mean, that's your priorities are in the right place, by the way. I got to tell you. Good job by you. That's really where you need to be, in a litigation over a barbershop vignette that no one watched. Huh? That's, all right. Back to RG3, right? Uh, this is, in reality, scarily a good opportunity. Not a golden opportunity. It's a good opportunity. Why? Because in Baltimore, there is no other backup quarterback. Some guy named Joe Woodrum. Who? I don't know who that is. He Never is, heard of He's him. now the other quarterback, so he goes to number three. RG3 becomes the number two quarterback. This is still a developing situation. Three weeks away from the draft, the Ravens will likely draft somebody and compete with RG3 for a roster spot. And so there's a, a pretty good chance that he doesn't even make the 53-man roster judging by his infamous reputation and fragile body that Robert Griffin brings to the table. Now, the final thing on this, nobody should get excited about a backup quarterback. Something is going wrong when you get excited about a backup quarterback. However, RG3 has to be – I would say the, the opposite of exciting is depressing. This would be a white flag situation. Uh, he has shown over the last four years that he is essentially dead on arrival. And the Ravens, the, the people involved with the Ravens there, and uh, whether it's Ozzie Newsome, John Harbaugh, both of them, some other guy, I don't know who they are, uh, it's, it's a case of Florence Nightingale syndrome, which we talk about from time to time, that the Ravens have been infected with. And if you're not familiar with Florence Nightingale syndrome, this is where teams fall in love with fixing damaged and broken players and it's, it's a curse. And for every one of those redemption stories, you have 30 guys that are a disaster. And when you sign injury-prone players, guess what happens? They get hurt. Shocking. I know it blows you away. It happens about 99.9% of the time. So this shows you some football incompetence by the Ravens front office, but it's a temporary move, and they'll bring somebody else in. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We are going to do this right now. You know what time it is. Here we go. Hit that button right there. There you go. Hit that right there. That's the one. It's now time for... Time for... Hurry, hurry. I can hardly wait. Ask Ben. Twitter! Send us your questions on Twitter now. Here we go. It is time yet again for Ask Ben. These are listener-submitted questions from listeners like yourself. And we pass the microphone over to the mayor, Mike Mayer, who's in for the Vaseline-eating Koopa Loop with this edition of Ask Ben as we, you and I, obliterate Ask Ben. Here we go. All right, uh, Ben. Uh, yes. First one here is from Facebook from Cameron. Okay. He asked, Ben, yeah. will we ever have time machines? Uh, yes, we will all be dead, but there will be time machines. I believe in that. Yeah. I. I, and they've made movies about this, documentary films like Back to the Future. They've looked at this. Hot, uh, the, uh, the hot tub time machine. These are, these are real stories. These are legitimate things. So, yes, we will have time machines, and I think it'll be great. Now, the question here, though, 
Do you go forward in time or back in time? How about that? Do you go to the unknown? If you're a fan of the NFL draft, you would go forward. If you're not a fan of the NFL draft, you would go backwards. Is that for a group question or is that just for me? That was just for you. Oh, okay. All right. Then we'll keep it going. It's Ask Ben. Your questions are answers. I believe I dominated that question. All right, next. Yeah, yeah I, w- I bet Coop wishes that he had a time machine right about now. So <laughs> I think he wishes he had a better toilet seat. Yeah, that's, that's what I think. Too, but okay, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, another one for Ben, the back-to-back, the belly-to-belly. Oh, back-to-back, belly-to-belly, face-to-face. Here so since you get uh, – this is from Christian on Facebook. Since oh, you get hi, paid, Since you get paid in Taco Bell gift cards, yeah. what is your favorite item on the menu? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I, I'm a big French fry guy, and they don't have French fries. They have nacho fries. Nacho fries! Uh, and I'm all about it. I love it. It's outstanding. But you can't go wrong with the Taco Bell menu. I'm a purist. I like the crunchy taco. Uh, I'm a purist when it comes to Taco Bell, the thing that started it all. But you, they have so many new items that they add on all the time. Uh, that fiery Dorito taco thing, I like a little spice with my taco. Uh, that you can't go. The chalupa's been around for a while now. That's solid. Any kind of double decker taco, you can go. You can't go wrong with that. And a great moment in show history. You are a huge fan of the black taco. Well, actually, no, I don't really. I don't really care for the black taco. But oh, I, racist. Yeah, how dare you, I'm not <laughs> listener? A, not a fan. You know, uh, Lance, the bus driver, brought those into you. Remember? Yeah. You know they have good dessert. Also, people. A lot of people don't oh, get yeah. dessert. Those cinnamon delight things. That, yeah, those, those are, are good. solid. That's a yep, good move. Yep. Underrated. And they have an apple pie, and the, which is uh, a good sized caramel and the apple, apple pie. Apple empanada. Yeah, and but my dessert in the olden days, because I'm old school, my dessert at Taco Bell was the cinnamon twist. But I, the cinnamon delight has passed by the cinnamon twist. All right, we'll keep it going. It's Ask Ben. Your questions are answers. Uh, the mayor. All right, this is a question for all of us. Oh, the it's crew. a group question. Okay. Right, from Ariel. It's like a cheesy roll-up. Okay. From, from Ariel on Facebook. He Hi, says, Ariel. being that KD is a, quote, regular guy by admitting he has a weak stomach for, quote, taco hell, yeah. what fast food place does your stomach never agree with? Well, the the famous story that it, well, the, the black taco is one example uh, that we we had an incident here with Lance the bus driver, but uh, there was uh, a fast food chain which I don't believe is a national chain, but it's in the West, the uh, the crazy chicken we'll call it, and I had a I had a very bad uh, bout with some undercooked chicken that they served me, and it it knocked me out pretty good. One time I was at a baseball game in Anaheim, and I got a hot dog that also was apparently not properly prepared and uh, did a lot of damage to my intestines. What about you, Eddie? Well, maybe this is not answering the question correctly, but and this is not a fast food place, but this is a food item that always does me wrong, and yet I will get it more often than not. It's It makes no sense. I'm an idiot. It is an apple fritter at the donut shop. Now, it what's always, wrong with the apple it fritter? It always looks so delicious, Yeah, and... I would say first three or four bites are really good, it, but then after that, it just it doesn't sit well with me, and I just too heavy. It, it make yeah, I guess so. It it does. I do not feel good after eating the apple fritter. Yet I will get it. Like I don't know. Time will go by, and I'll be like, well, this time will be different. Yeah, <laughs> it, it isn't. Not, not I'm an idiot. Not different. Unfortunate. <laughs> All right, what about you, Danny? Well, Ben, I haven't been there in a couple of months because I'm trying to get to my boxing weight, but. Uh, it does me wrong every time. I feel very bloated, like a bloatation device after I eat there. But I go back, and I'm like, maybe this time will be different. Panda Express. Oh, I've never had a bad meal. I, well, it's not, not that true. it's bad. I, that yeah. It's just afterwards, I feel very bloated. Now, the one thing I will advise you with Panda Express, I'm a big fan, do not go to Panda Express within an hour of it closing. Because the food's <laughs> disgusting, okay? You got to go there. Yeah, because there why and, would they make a brand new batch? They don't make new, new stuff. Yeah, it's been laying yeah, around. Yeah. You got to go there in like the prime window, the lunch window, or the dinner window, mm-hmm. and it's the greatest thing you've ever had. And if you get the fried sides, sometimes they don't have a lot out, and they say, do you want to wait a few minutes wait. for a new batch? Yeah, wait, wait for Always the new batch. Always wait. Never say yep. no. Say yes as long as you want. I will be here. And the thing, the orange chicken, they always continuously make the orange chicken. Some of the other, they don't make it. They don't make it as often. So, What about you, Mayor? Uh, Del Taco was bad. 
Uh, bad, when, bad, I, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had chicken you... soft tacos there. Ooh, I used to love yeah. them, and then uh, yeah, it didn't go well. Let's just put it that way. Never yeah. been a big soft taco guy. I like the crunch. I like the tradition. I'm a real Mexican guy. I like the traditional crunchy taco. That's what I like. That makes no sense. Shut up. All right, next, it's Ask Ben. Your questions are answers. We'll try to get a couple more in. Quick ones. All right, let's keep the theme with fast food here. Uh, this is another one for the crew. What is your favorite secret fast food item? I don't know if you guys are big into secret uh, fast yeah, food menus. Really, like, I, I know McDonald's has a secret menu. I've really not explored that. I've done the In-N-Out menu, a few di- a few items on the In-N-Out menu. The animal fries, uh, I've done that. I guess that's probably the only thing I've experienced. Eddie, anything stand out for you? No, I've never, okay. uh, I've never, never had uh, a chance to do that. I, I like that you can just add extra patties to your double double in and out. I like that. That's good. What about you, Danny G? I would say the root beer float that it, that is a secret item on In and Out's menu. All right. What about you, Mayor? Anything? Uh, nothing pops in my brain. I haven't. I'm not that big of a fast food guy anymore. Oh, did Mr. you, uh, did you hear about the, the April Fool's joke, the In-N-Out April Fool's joke, where they said it was bacon and avocado they were going to add on, like, uh, burgers and <laughs> turn out to be a, out. Uh, I, I thought it sounded good. I wanted to try it. Yeah. The April Fool's joke. All right, real quick, one more. From Ruru on Hi, Twitter. Hi, Ruru. Uh, <laughs> if you had a choice to eat a spoonful of mayo or petroleum jelly, which one would it be? I've already eaten spoonfuls of mayo before, so I'll do the mayo. Of course I'll do the mayo. Yeah, I, I I love mayo on sandwiches and things, but like just a spoonful sounds disgusting, but I would have to go mayo too. Oh, mayo, of course. Yeah. Easy mayo. That's yeah. not even close. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's, like dumb, that's a dumb question. It's always mayo wins. Win, win, win. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So much of the the mainstream sports media is currently obsessed with golf. I am not. Uh, last week, on the patented Maller scale of excitement, one to ten, with ten being watching your team win the World Series or the Super Bowl, uh, I am at a two for the Masters. I'm at a two, and uh, for some reason. Uh, I was getting some pushback on this, some blowback. People were somehow offended uh, with my my stance on this. Now, it, it seems that everyone is obsessed with Tiger Woods, and I'm not naive to this, and I certainly am someone that has gone down that rabbit hole numerous times talking about Tiger Woods. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm anxiously awaiting watching the Masters. I'm not Jim Nance. Uh, I'm not a patron uh, I'm not any of those. Uh, I would say that 90% of the anticipation situation is about the hype, the buildup, the anticipation of what's going to happen with Tiger Woods. So I wanted to discuss this. Now, the, the question, and it's really the only relevant question that's worthy of discussing when you talk about the Masters here, is will Tiger Woods win Again at Augusta National. We know he's had success in the past, but is he going to win this weekend, starting today? And the answer, and it's a simple answer, but it's the right answer, the answer is no. Tiger Woods is not going to win the Masters this weekend. Now, my thoughts on this, you've got the void, a sucker's bet, and faceless. You've got all those things. We'll mix them together. Now, to lead off with... This weekend is essentially going to be a Tiger-O-Rama. Uh, everything Tiger does, when he when he takes a bowel movement, there'll be a camera there, right? Uh, when he brushes his teeth, there'll be two cameras on that. Uh, does he floss? Does he not floss? Does he get back on the sleeping pills? Does he stay away from the sleeping pills? Is he on the painkillers? They're going to go over everything. They're going to do a deep dive on Tiger Woods. And I have watched uh, more than... I had in the past golf the last few weeks because of uh, I, I knew the, the build up and where we were headed. I knew where the the train was going, and and so Tiger Woods, while he certainly has been much more effective lately, there's still something missing, something missing that is going to prevent him from winning this weekend at the Masters. Uh, there has been this void here, and is it's not. The, the putting, it's not the short game because the short game's been pretty good. It's been pretty solid. It's not the the irons aren't the problem. However, he has been helter-skelter when it comes to his drive and the uh, the driving game. And to say that, that that's vintage Tiger 
from his salad days on the PGA Tour, uh, it's just incorrect. That is the void that is going to prevent him from winning at Augusta National, the consistency that is needed. Because you can play well. He could be leading at the end of the day on Thursday. He could be leading at the end of the day, of the day on Saturday. But four consecutive days of consistent, reliable driving of the golf ball are going to be needed. And he can do it for a round or two, but the sustainability for the entire tournament, based on the five tournaments that he's played in this season, if you base that on past results, you would say no. Five official events, I'm not going to count the Fugazi other events, but the five official appearances Tigers had, uh, he's and, and as far as the three most recent appearances, he was in 12th place, tied for second, and he was in a tie for fifth place. So in those tournaments, and now he's going to go out and win at Augusta National, that's what we call wishful thinking, right? Wishful thinking. Furthermore, as Tiger heads into the Masters here, the odds-on favorite to take home the fifth green jacket of his career. Now, that's problematic. You're dealing with the curse of high expectations. And if you gave me a 1000 bucks, and you said, you know, I, for some reason I feel like you need the money, but the only way you can spend the money is by betting, and you have to bet all of the money on a, on a bet, and it has to be a bet on the Masters this weekend, and you gave me the card, and I've got all the odds right here, and I'm looking at the odds. You think I'm betting on Tiger? I'm not betting on Tiger. It's a sucker play. As a general rule, you don't bet favorites in golf tournaments. You don't. Not because favorites don't win. Sometimes they do win. Back in, in Tiger Woods' heyday, he was winning all the time. The reason you don't bet favorites in golf tournaments is because the odds aren't in your favor. It, and it's, it's t- essentially, especially with Tiger Woods, it's essentially taking advantage of gullible types uh, who are going to load up and say, I'm the guy that bet on Tiger, and he's back, and he won at Augusta National. And the bookmaker laughs all the way to the bank, takes your money, says, congratulations, good luck, here's a drink ticket, and then you lose. You lose. Uh, the final thing, I think this is important, Tiger Woods has not won at the Masters since 2005. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's 2018. That's... We're closer to 15 years ago than 10 years ago for Tiger last winning at the Masters. Wrap your head around that. Another popular pick by popular people is Roy McIlroy. He hasn't won a major since 2014, the PGA Championship. And you've got the other usual big names, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, names like that. Now, I would say of those names – I still feel more comfortable putting my money on the field. You know how you can do that? You, they, they give you four or five or, or six headline golfers, and then you can bet on everybody else. I, f- I still put my money on it on the everyone else. That someone on the outside of the inner circle of golf, a faceless, nondescript player is going to be the guy that's at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday afternoon in Augusta, Georgia. Let's hear from Tiger Woods, though, by the way. Here's uh, Tiger. You think Tiger's going to be negative and say that he's in a bad mood, things aren't going well right now, or is he going to sell positivity? Let's find out. Uh, the rest of my body's doing fantastic. I feel great. Oh, okay. I've really put a lot of the pieces together. We've worked on what body parts to get stronger, what body parts need to be more limber, and I feel fantastic. It's just a matter of now going out there and competing and playing and posting numbers. So he goes body part by body part. Is that what he does? The uh, the old body song. Remember the old body song? The uh, this bone's connected to that bone, and that bone's connected to this bone. Uh, here's more from Tiger. Uh, Tiger, let's see. Uh, there's absolutely no hype for this. I, I'm sure you know this, Tiger. No one's talking about you in the Masters, correct? There's there's no conversation about this. There's no added anticipation. Yes. I've had anticipation like this prior. Really? I remember the buildup was from the PGA in 2000 to the Masters in 2001, nine months of building up. What that tournament would mean, I, you know, it's the same thing. I, I got to go play. Oh, he's got to play. So that was 18 and 17 years ago he was referencing. Good luck. Uh, again, I'm not betting on him. I'm betting on the field. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 